What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast, your home for common sense fantasy advice. I am your host and fantasy football advocate, Chris. I don't know about all of you. This is my favorite time of year. Uh, it, it might sound really cheesy, but I don't know. The, the smell of the cold air and fireplaces and wood stoves going. For me, there's a few things better. I love it. Um, a lot of people don't like the cold, but I'm born and raised up in the Northeast, so I'm used to it. Um, and just, you know, a little positivity. Things may be a little different than we're all used to, uh, but, but I hope everybody listening is doing well and finding some positivity around them. Uh, even just finding one positive thing to focus on can can really help. Uh, on this episode, we have some fan questions that some of you listeners were nice enough to send in. I greatly appreciate that. We'll get to those. We have top streamers of the week for week 10. And uh, that'll be helpful to anybody dealing with injuries or bye weeks or maybe even just looking to strengthen and shore up their bench a little bit. Uh, first, there are several notable players this week that either were injured this past weekend or are finally uh, ready to come back in the upcoming week, week 10, and help your fantasy team. So let's start with the bad, and then we'll we'll work our way around to the good because it's always, always better to end off on a good note. So... Uh, the first one, most notable one, unfortunately, uh, Christian McCaffrey came back this week for the first time since I believe week two. Or maybe he got hurt in week one. I think it was week two, though. Uh, came back in week nine, had an awesome game, played great. Christian McCaffrey being Christian McCaffrey. I think he put up like 20-something fantasy points. He's a monster as usual. And then hurt his shoulder late in the fourth quarter. He will not play this weekend. He's he's out for sure. Panthers have already said that. Uh, the, the the real downer though is he is looking for a second opinion on his shoulder. Uh, I am not a doctor, and I'm not trying to read too much into it. But normally, a second opinion means somebody told him that he may need surgery, and you would have to think shoulder surgery could mean the end of CMC season, which would be a shame not only because he's a great young player, but a lot of you out there are in non-keeper leagues and you draft a McCaffrey high, as we'll find out with some fan questions later, and uh, are kind of in a tough spot. So uh, let's hope his shoulder's okay, um, more for the human being's sake than fantasy's sake. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he uh, banged up both of his knees in the game against Dallas, uh, but he did continue to play. And he's actually not out because of a knee problem. He's out because uh, he tested positive for COVID-19. He's been placed on the COVID list. He may still be able to play. I believe it's uh, he was placed on the list Monday. And it's a five-day minimum. And you have to test positive, uh, negative. Excuse me. Test negative twice before you can come back, I believe. So keep an eye on that. There's a chance he could play. Last week, Matthew Stafford, the same thing happened to him. And everybody said he was out. He wasn't playing. And then... Saturday morning rolls around, and Matthew Stafford's going to play because he tested negative, and he was fine and clean and all that. So keep an eye on that. As of right now, it looks like Big Ben will miss Sunday's game, but it's not definite yet. Uh, Jack Doyle, tight end for the, um, oh, man, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he won't play. He has a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. His teammate, Moelle Cox, is questionable with a knee injury, so that will down in the streamers of the week section that will uh, lead to one of my suggestions. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Cardinals running back, has returned to practice. I 
don't know how much this is going to affect Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds has been good, hasn't looked great. He was looked kind of looked a lot better when Kenyon Drake was still there and playing. So I don't think if you if you're in a position where you're starting Chase Edmonds that Kenyon Drake coming back necessarily affects your team. I mean, they're not the, the caliber players of a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but it's kind of like that situation where Kareem Hunt was doing better when Nick Chubb was actually active and playing uh, when he didn't have to be the primary guy. So I don't think anybody who's uh, has Chase Edmonds on their team right now has to worry too much about, oh, i got to drop this guy. What do I do? They can just hold on and see what happens. Maybe the game that Drake returns, maybe if you have other options, you keep him on your bench. Don't drop him at this point because there's no guarantee Drake will play this weekend, but he is back at practice. Uh, other good news, Michael Thomas, for those of you who drafted Michael Thomas high, which if you have Michael Thomas, you definitely did. Uh, he returned last week um, in week nine, was able to play, uh, didn't didn't kill it, but he had, you know, five catches for, I think, 50-something yards. He's going to have bigger games. He's going to win you some weeks. Uh, they're, they were very much spreading the ball around uh, last Sunday that the, uh, the Saints were against the Buccaneers, but... Michael Thomas is a guy who you're going to be very, very happy to have, especially in these later later, uh, later weeks of the season when some of these other guys are getting worn down a little bit. He's still pretty fresh. So uh, Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders have both returned to practice. I actually have both of those guys on, on one of my teams, so I'm very, very happy about that. Uh, Joe Mixon missed the last couple weeks before the bye week. For the Bengals, uh, he was at the team facility doing rehab drills on, on the side of the field, but he was not practicing. So it's a good sign he's rehabbing it, his, his foot injury. However, uh, unless he practices one of the next two days, being Thursday or Friday, I would not expect to see him on the field. So if you have Giovanni Bernard, good for you because you may be able to get another week of use out of him. Don't drop him. Um, but... You know, that hopefully, hopefully Mixon will be back sooner than later. And Baker Mayfield, who was placed on the COVID list during his bye week, has been uh, been able to return, and he's been removed from the COVID list. So no worries there if you're in a position where you have to start him. And if you are, please continue to listen to this podcast. I will help you, I promise. Uh, yeah, that looks to be it for the injuries, and uh, how'd everybody do this past week, week nine? I have to say, I had my best fantasy week yet. I have three fantasy teams. I went 3-0. First time I've gone 3-0 all, all year. Uh, one of my teams I had, I told you guys this last week, I had a hodgepodge in there. It was not good. I think I had Zach Moss and Gus Edwards for my starting running backs. Due to the fact it's a very it's a, it's a 12-team league with a very deep bench. And there was not a lot on waiver wire. And I was facing probably the number one team in the league. And somehow, all of his guys just had bad games. All of mine, well, pretty much didn't do great. But a couple did. DJ Shark and Russell Wilson in particular. And I was able to pull out a win, which really helps my playoff chances. And now I get some of my best players back off injury. So, like I said... Stay positive, stay with it, try to put the best team you can on the field, no matter what your record is, and good things can happen. You can get very, very lucky. Uh, it's, it's luck and skill. No matter no matter how much you know, I myself am here giving you advice, and I believe I truly have a wealth of knowledge to share with you. Uh, but uh, two of my teams are four and five. 
uh, not because of anything I necessarily did wrong, but injuries, bye weeks. Um, at the at the worst time, you know, you have your best players on bye against the best team in the league. It's tough, uh, but all you have to do is make the playoffs. You make the playoffs, and you have your team healthy, the best team you can field. You have a chance. So that is your goal. Don't worry about the number one seed. Don't worry about division win. Don't worry about uh, tiebreakers unless it gets you in the playoffs. Just worry about getting to the playoffs, and anything can happen after that. Okay, I'm going to get to the uh, – we'll do streamers of the week first. We'll, yeah, we'll do that first. I, I was going to do questions first. We'll do streamers first, and we'll end with questions. Okay, so the top streamers of the week at quarterback – and again, if you're new to the show, all streamers are – all that means is – it's not your normal starter because of bye weeks, injuries, COVID, whatever the situation may be, maybe even poor performance. Uh, you have to try to find somebody else for a, a week or maybe a little bit longer, but a short period of time to kind of just put in that position just to get through a certain time period. That would be a streamer. Uh, quarterback, I have uh, for this week, uh, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, and Tua. I'm only going to try to say this once, and then I'm just calling him Tua. Tua Tagovailoa. I think I got that almost right. It's at least 60% right. I, I, I passed. Uh, yeah, Goff is playing the Seahawks, who have the worst defense against the pass in the league. Uh, he is rostered in less than half the leagues in fantasy. Derek Carr is facing the Broncos, who are 23rd against the pass. He, as well, is, is uh, rostered in less than half the leagues. And Tua, who he's only started for two weeks, He's won both games. First game, the defense and special teams did so much, he really didn't have to do a lot. Last week, he had a shootout with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, and he looked awesome. You don't want to jump the gun, but you also don't want to be left behind. So if you're looking for somebody to stream, you could do a lot worse than Tua. You could give the kid a shot and see. He's facing the Chargers defense, ranked 24th against the pass. Tua is only rostered in 30% of leagues. He's available. Go get him. At running back, running back and receiver is a little bit tougher because quarterback, there's one quarterback. So you know if the team's going to do something, they have to be the guy. Uh, I don't have any set number of, of players for each position. Like at running back, I only have two for you this week. They're, they're low percentage rostered, and I think they might be effective. I don't want to just throw out players because they're low percentage rostered if I don't think they're going to be effective or could be effective. So uh, for tight end and defense, well, tight end I have three. For defense, I have two. For running back, I have two. But for receiver and tight end, I do have three. But I, I try to give at least three. But if I don't feel I can recommend starting the third one, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to confuse you guys by giving you information that's not going to help you. Okay, running back, J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens, Adrian Peterson of the Detroit Lions. Dobbins is going against the Patriots, the 21st ranked defense against the run. Dobbins is only rostered in 62% of leagues. Peterson going against the Washington football team. They're 10th against the run, but the Lions used Peterson a lot last week. It was much more of a, a mixture of uh, Peterson and DeAndre Swift. I'd still feel better starting Swift, but Peterson got some use, and he got some catches out of the backfield, which is not necessarily his thing, but they're starting to use him a little bit more. He's only rostered in 37% of leagues. He's available. If you're in a pinch, like I was last week, throw him in there. He's not going to rush for 120 yards. But if he catches a few balls, rushes for 30 or 40 yards, and gets a touchdown somehow, that's you'll take that all day for a guy who 
you just put in there on a flyer. Get you 10 or 12 points. You're very happy with that. Okay, wide receiver. Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, and Cole Beasley. Corey Davis is much riskier than the other two, I believe, because uh, he's he, he has games where he's been healthy and he's caught zero passes. Uh, I mean, it's risky, but he is a talented guy. He's a big guy. Brian Tannehill does like throwing to him. Uh, he also has A.J. Brown, though, so it's risky. But, again, if you're in a pinch, you can throw him out there and hope. You might catch a long touchdown pass, and then one play makes your entire week. Curtis Samuel... I actually, when doing the uh, the rundown for this show, I, I was looking at the percent that some of these players are rostered, and I saw Curtis Samuel, and I couldn't believe he was available, because he's put up really, really good numbers the last three to four weeks when the Panthers have started to use him more, and I picked him up, honestly. I had somebody on injured reserve, I picked him up, uh, and I... I don't know if I'll be able to use him or not, but man, I'd rather have a player like that on the bench who could put up a 15 to 20 point game than, you know, a backup running back who more than likely isn't going to see the field. Not that those are bad, as we'll talk about later on in the questions, but you kind of have to weigh the strengths of your team. I have quite a few running backs. I have some guys as backups I feel good putting in. Receiver is a little more shaky for me, so I feel really good about having a Curtis Samuel, who, by the way, with Christian McCaffrey not playing, has been running the ball out of the backfield as well as playing receiver. So this guy is a dual threat and on an offense that, that loves to utilize that kind of player. He's not Christian McCaffrey, but he is very talented and he's very fast. So you could be very, very happy picking him up and putting him in your lineup as a flex player this weekend. And Cole Beasley's consistent. Maybe not necessarily in uh, all of his targets all the time. That kind of wavers. But he's throwing the ball, he catches it. Cole Beasley's usually good for 6 to 10 fantasy points. He's not going to blow you away, but he's not going to kill you either. I mean, there's a rare occasion where he doesn't do much, but that's every player. I'd feel really good about putting him in also. Um, especially in a game against the Cardinals that looks like it's going to be very high scoring. So the Pills and Cardinals game, I think, could be one of the games of the year, honestly, the way those teams are both playing right now. I know the Cardinals came off a loss, but they played. It was an exciting game. So, yeah, you could be very happy starting Cole Beasley this weekend. Tight end, Dallas Goddard of the Eagles and Trey Burton of the Colts. As I mentioned earlier, uh, both Jack Doyle and Mo Cox of the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Doyle will not play. It looks like Mo Cox is questionable the knee injury. So even if he does play, he may be a little hampered. Could open up some doors for Trey Burton, especially since Phillip Rivers can't seem to throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield. Some shorter passes may help him a lot. Dallas Goddard, I mean, with Zach Ertz injured, he's the number one tight end in, with the Eagles, and they like to utilize the tight end. So, I mean, t- tight ends are such a, a weird position because you have your top two or three that are really reliable, and then after that, it's such a crapshoot. It's hit or miss. So these are guys you could put in. They could do really well for you. They might get one catch for six yards. I'm giving you people I think, based on the matchups, can help you. Uh, another guy you might want to look into picking up who's not rostered in many leagues is Dallas Schultz of the Cowboys. 
Uh, they are on bye this week, so you can't use him this week. But he's been getting targets. He's been getting 7 to 10 targets a game from all the quarterbacks not named Dak Prescott ever since he got hurt. So he's seeing a lot of action. And if the Cowboys can manage to get in the red zone, if you can turn that into a couple of touchdown catches, that's huge for you with a position that's normally not strong to get that kind of production. So I'd give him a look. And the defenses, uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants, believe it or not. The Vikings are playing the Chicago Bears, who are terrible on offense. Uh, Nick Foles, I thought he'd be great for that team. I really did. I thought when Mitchell Trubisky got benched, that that offense was going to take off. Allen Robinson's stock was going to go through the roof. It just hasn't worked that way. Uh, Foles has not been good. And now their number one running back, David Montgomery, is in concussion protocol. He might not play this weekend. That's going to force Nick Foles to throw the ball more, which is good for your defense. And you you get a situation where you get some interceptions, some sacks, maybe even a pick six. Could be really big for you. Giants are playing Eagles. Last time they intercepted Carson Wentz, I believe, two or three times. Uh, they played them really well. Division matchup. Teams always play each other harder in division matchups. And like I said, Wentz is very, very prone to mistakes. He can put up 300 yards and three touchdowns, but he's probably going to turn the ball over two to four times. So maybe you get lucky and your defense turns that into a score. All right, that's the streamers of the week. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if you tried any of these players or not. Let me know, you know, email the show or, or I'll give you that information at the end. Uh, or go to social media and let me know, helped you, didn't help you, what you would have done differently, what you like, what you don't like. I want to hear what you guys have to say, what, how you're feeling about the show. So, in questions, please ask me questions. I love answering questions. I would honestly do a second show every week of just answering questions if you guys are up for it, if you wanted that. I really would. Uh, I, I love talking fantasy football, and I would do it pretty much all day. And I'm, I, I, I pretty much do during this time of year. So, questions. Uh, obviously, no last names or locations or anything. I'm just giving you first names and what they asked. So, I have three. Uh, one from a returning fan, uh, Tammy. Uh, she asks, I'm wondering how or why the fantasy scores change after a game is over. My opponent this week had five points taken away the following morning. I'm not complaining. I did win, but I'm curious as to why that happened. Well, that's stat adjustments. Uh, that actually has nothing to do with your individual league or the commissioner or, or anything else, uh, which confused me when I first started playing uh, online because, which years and years ago, but I, I was wondering why uh, the scores would change all the time. Stat adjustments were much more frequent in the beginning. And uh, that's, um, you know, uh, a player... A quarterback flicked the receiver the ball, and they counted as a pass. And then they go back the next day, and they realize he was behind the line of scrimmage, so it was actually a run. It counts as a rush, not a pass. So the quarterback doesn't get points for it. Um, giving the defense too many tackles um, or or uh, not deducting points for uh, going over yards. Like with the defense, uh, usually you have like tiers. If they give up like under 100 yards, they get five points. And then when they get to 100 to 200, it's four points. And two to three is four, uh, three points. And a lot of times that'll just get miscalculated, which is usually the majority of of the uh, the situations is, is usually on defense and special teams. Um, 
so I, I hope that answers your question. Although I do have a fun example that really helped me of a stat adjustment a couple years ago. It was week 15. I was in the semifinals of one of my, one of my 12 team leagues I'm in. And I, whew, I think I lost by half a point, but I didn't really lose. See, I had Zeke Elliott as my, one of my running backs. He had run the ball on fourth down and he fumbled it. So that deducted a point for me. However, two days later, two days later, they changed it from a fumble to a change of possession because apparently when you fumble on fourth down, it just counts as a change of possession, not an actual fumble. So I didn't lose that point. I got a point back. So I go to look on, uh, let's see, the games. um, I think all my players played on Sunday that that week. So I go to look on, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday morning to see if I ended up picking up uh, the guy I wanted off waiver wires for my you know, my consolation game the following weekend. And I see that I got changed to being the winner because I was down half a point and I was up half a point. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up getting into the championship game on a stat adjustment, changing a fumble to a change of possession. And I think a lot of people had that because there was, I've never seen that much of an outcry uh, of people being either completely jubilant that they thought their season was over and now they're in the championship or pissed off because, I had a narrow win, and now it's a loss. So it worked out for me. Uh, not so good for my unfortunate opponent, although he was a good sport about it. I did give him some I did give him some crap about it because that's what you do in fantasy football. But, uh, yeah, fun little story. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's just uh, stats being um, calculated improperly in the computers and then – or maybe even input properly by the people doing that, and then the adjustments are made when – they go back and they review it. It's not all that common, especially five points. Five points is a lot. Uh, that's somebody probably not paying attention uh, when they should have been. But usually it's a point or two, one way or the other, sometimes half a point. That's why when people are up by two or three points <laughs> before the uh, the scores actually lock, they get pretty nervous. They keep looking because, oh, uh, man, stat adjustments could take that away from me. Uh, okay, so... We have Brian sent in. Chris, I know you said you are a Patriots fan. Don't worry. I'm not here to take shots at how bad they have been playing. Thank you, Brian. That's nice. Uh, My question is, even as a fan of the team, is there anyone who you think is safe to start from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, No. (laughs) No. Uh, I I drafted their defense, um, but between players opting out and injuries, that defense has been very inconsistent. They've made some nice plays. The secondary is pretty good, but I wouldn't feel good about starting that defense. I mean, even a team like the Jets put up 27 points on them, so I wouldn't start them. Cam looked good earlier in the year. Uh, you're not going to get a whole lot from him throwing normally. Rushing, maybe. I mean, if you're in a pinch, you could probably start Cam Newton. That could change if he gets a little bit more consistency, but... I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope it does as a fan, but um, I don't. I wouldn't put him in as a quarterback in a fantasy game just because I have other options. If you're super desperate or have a really deep, you know, either like a two-quarterback league or a 16-team league, maybe you give him a shot. But if I had other options, more consistent options, I would take them. Uh, receivers, I still think maybe Jacoby Myers. He got 164 passing yards on 12 catches or excuse me, receiving yards on 12 catches this past uh, weekend, or Monday against the Jets. Cam seems very comfortable with him. Uh, I mean, 
if you're in a pinch, Jacoby Myers. I mean, he looks good, but he hasn't really shown a ton yet. So, I mean, you could pick him up and see. I still have Nikhil Harry, their first-round pick from last year, receiver on my team, uh, one of my teams. I don't have a whole lot of hope for him this season. He appears to, appears to be another injury-plagued season for him. Not a whole lot of consistency. Uh, but if he can come back healthy and he and Cam get on the same page, it's possible. Also, I, I think Cam could be slightly better and the receiving game could be slightly better because it appears they kind of know where guys are now. Earlier in the year, they had four or five guys who would probably be the third or fourth receiver on any other team. And they kind of were trying to figure out who would fit into what role. It appears now, especially with Edelman on IR, that Myers is going to be uh, Cam Newton's go-to guy. Uh, so if, if Nikhil Harry can come back and be that big-bodied receiver who can you know run downfield and, and almost kind of like what DK Metcalf is for the Seahawks. I know Nikhil Harry is not DK Metcalf, but that kind of receiver. Uh, if he can and he can stay healthy, maybe Harry and Myers. Um, I really like what Damian Harris has done from the running back standpoint. But, I mean, you saw it last week against the Jets. Rex Burkhead was in that game in big situations. And you can say, well, that's because Damian Harris got banged up. Not till the end of the game. Not till the end of the game. He got banged up, I think, on one of his first carries in the fourth quarter. And he had run the ball, I think, almost the entire third quarter. He was healthy. He was okay. He got you know, he got hit pretty hard and he got a chest injury. I think he had a bruised, bruised chest or something like that. And... He actually is back at practice, so he, it looks like he's going to be fine. Um, I mean, those three guys, Myers, uh, Harry when he's healthy, and Damian Harris, uh, possibly. I'm really skeptical on anybody in the Patriots running game because while as a team it's very effective, you never know who the, the focus is going to be. And Cam seems allergic to throwing touchdown passes. So if they're inside the 10, they're usually running. And Cam's the one running, so I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of running back touchdowns to go around, but we'll see. Um, hope that answers your question, um, both both your and Tammy's question, actually. Um, but I don't know. I honestly, besides like Tom Brady and maybe Wes Walker or Randy Moss back in you know the the late two thousand early two thousand tens. I haven't really been comfortable starting a whole lot of Patriots on fantasy because they focus more on team output so uh, than individual output. And they, they kind of start, they kind of play the matchups more than most teams. They're not, you know, I don't know. It's it's really hard to, to look at a Bill Belichick run team and say, that's this is the matchup to go with. So I'll stop rambling about that one because I'll go all day on that. Because uh, that one's bit me many times. I always say, play with your head, not your heart. And there's many times I played with my heart as a Patriots fan and took a Patriots running back or, or receiver, and they did nothing for me. So there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, bad memories there. And the final question uh, from Sam. I've had a lot of trouble this year with running backs, staying healthy. Oof, join the club, buddy. Uh, I drafted CMC first overall and got Nick Chubb in round two. How did you do that? Wow, if you put CMC first and you're in a snake draft, I mean, that means you got Chubb at, I mean, even an eight-team league, pick 16 minimum, that's well, good for you. 
people in your league got to wake up, buddy. Man, that, that's oof. okay. Um, I got uh, Nick Chubb in round two. Uh, so as you can see, it's been a difficult year. Yeah, I did manage to get Mike Davis when McCaffrey got hurt. That's good, but dropped him Sunday morning with bye weeks and injuries. I needed another receiver. Oh man, oh, that sucks. Uh, should I have just kept both in the event that CMC was injured again? Um, I mean, yes, yes, you should have. Uh, but if you were in a situation where you had absolutely no other option, where you had to, you had to drop somebody to roster a full team, I understand that. But oh man, hopefully it doesn't say whether you got him again, and, and if you tried picking him up again when CMC went out, but. Oh man, that sucks. This is this is one of those teachable moments where you kind of have to, especially for new players who who don't quite understand why am I going to have someone on my bench who may not start or may not play because of situations like this. Uh, even though CMC hurt his shoulder, not his ankle, which he was missing time for originally, uh, you just the guy was effective and they were using him a lot, being Mike Davis if you could prevent from having to drop him, and I know in your case, I'm going to be far less hard on you because I completely understand you had to field the team and you need another receiver. Uh, but that's a tough one. Um, oh, man, I just that's just a bad feeling when, when you drop someone you know is being effective and then your guy gets hurt again. Okay, uh, yeah, so... No, I mean, you didn't do anything wrong. You had to field the team, and you did. Um, I, I Hopefully, like I said, hopefully you got Davis back. Uh, but you want to find uh, players who are effective when they come in uh, in, in relief of the starters. Uh, guys like uh, Jamal Williams in Green Bay. Jamal Williams has had some very nice games, even when Aaron Jones is healthy and has good games. So when Aaron Jones went down... I shouted from the rooftops to everybody I knew, go get Jamal Williams. He's going to be a key factor in that offense. Green Bay loves using the running backs, and he is very talented. He'd be a starter on a lot of teams. He's that good. Uh, I mean, the same with a guy like an Alexander Madison. I mean, <laughs> uh, Dalvin Cook is absolutely the starter and MVP candidate right now. But... If something would happen, he twists his ankle, he misses a few games. Yeah, Madison didn't do much during the one game Dalvin Cook wasn't playing. But in most games, Madison's going to be able to have a nice game. He's a really good running back, too. You want to have the backups of these guys who are super involved in their offense. Joe Mixon, for instance. I had Joe Mixon. I saw he was going to be out for a few weeks. I went and got Giovanni Bernard. Bernard's done awesome for me. Uh, when I thought Mixon might come back this week... I did everything I could to avoid dropping Giovanni Bernard. Luckily, I didn't have to make a lot of changes to my team because a lot of my bye weeks already went by. But I considered dropping Bernard to pick somebody else up, and I was like, no, because it's an ankle injury and it's a running back, and he could come back in, in this week or next week or whenever in one play, twist it again, and then I have Giovanni Bernard to fill in for him for the next four to six weeks, and I'm still good at running back. You just have to anticipate. It's 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 a lot more difficult when you have to feel the team during bye weeks and injuries and stuff like that. So I understand why you did it, but uh, you didn't do anything wrong. 
but that's why it's it's a much better idea to pay attention to bye weeks in the draft than most people realize or think because you don't want a team where you're going to have to essentially sacrifice a week just to field the team it's 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 tough but uh keep the questions coming i hope hope i answered all three of those well and if you didn't understand or i didn't uh, make it clear enough or i rambled too much um feel free to contact me again i'll absolutely clarify and i'll answer any other questions you have anybody else has any questions please let me know Uh, but that is going to do it for this episode of the fantasy football advocate podcast if you enjoyed the show uh, then I, w- I would assume you're already subscribed uh, and ask that you leave a rating and review if you feel so inclined and tell someone that you think might benefit from some common sense fantasy football advice. If you have any questions or comments for me about anything fantasy football related, then please get in touch with me on Twitter at FFA underscore pod, my Facebook page, the fantasy football advocate, or the show email, the FF advocate at gmail.com. Thank you so, so very much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate the support. And until next time, please play smart, have fun, and I will talk to you all next Wednesday.